podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, good evening, good evening, good afternoon, and welcome to the Cop Update for today, Thursday the 20th of January. I'm Gav, uh, this is the LFC Day Trippers, and this show is brought to you by our new charity partner, Failacon. Um, all details for Failacon are in the show description, or go to lfcdt.com. And on the very front page of the website, um, you will see information on Failacon, or you can see information on how you can donate to our latest charity push. Um, we'll talk a little bit more about that later before we finish up about half two. So, um, Anyone that's in the chat, you're very, very welcome. Um, hit the like button, hit the subscribe button, hit the share button, but most of all, comment in there um, and we'll get some of your comments up as much as we can throughout this next half an hour. Um, there's only one place to start um, and it's an article that came out today, um, which again shines a light on the fact that if you're transparent about what is going on with your club with regards to COVID, um, you will be um, taken to task over it. If you say nothing, um, you'll be left alone, okay? And if you make out that you haven't got enough players and COVID is the least of your worries in not having those players, um, you'll be left alone as well. So... um, we all know by now what clubs um, have said nothing. We all know what clubs have, you know, not given out any information. And it looks to everybody from the outside that <laughs> where's the COVID issues here to have a game called off. And we also know one of the clubs that have been very transparent. That club has been um, Liverpool. Okay. So Liverpool, let's go back again to this. Liverpool in the week leading up to the Arsenal game that was scheduled as a fourth leg game at the Emirates took tests, tested all their players, okay, came back negative. They were then told by the lab that they were actually positive, okay, and the numbers were quite high. Liverpool went and shut the training ground down for everybody's safety and waited on the results of these positives. In the meantime, they went and they got some PCR tests done and had to wait for them to come back. When they come back, it turns out that the positives being reported by a lab were actually negative. But time had passed and Liverpool were unable to fulfil the game because they were under belief that they had a lot of positives in the squad. False positives, as Klopp clearly answered them about. And they hadn't got the preparation time, which is in the rules. Now, there's people out there that think that Liverpool made this happen. I've even seen things about... um relations of former players work for this lab. They work, I think, in a commercial thing, you know, capacity. They're not in labs with fucking, you know, masks on, um, trying to wreck uh, tests. So Liverpool followed every protocol. They reported it to the EFL. They reported it, I presume, to the Premier League and the FA. Um, they let Arsenal know what was going on and everything went as it was meant to go, right? Following procedure. It was meant to go. Even if Liverpool got them things back on the Wednesday to say, look, it's actually a false positive, right? They wouldn't have been able to play the game. They don't have the preparation time. That's in the rules, okay? Um, And today a piece has come out and the way it's being worded and the way it's being written um, makes it look like Liverpool have done something wrong. 
Now, I've asked the question, or this podcast has asked the question, um, directly, have Liverpool done anything wrong? And we've yet to receive a response over that. Okay? We won't get a response, but we've asked directly to a direct source with regards to this story, have, do you think Liverpool have done anything wrong? Because the way that way it comes across, it looks like Liverpool may have. They haven't. They followed every protocol. So I just wanted to... Um, I just wanted to come out and say that, and that's where I stand on it, and that's where we've always stood on it. Klopp has answered all these sorts of questions. Uh, Robbie Richmond says, Liverpool foolishly tried to protect players and staff in an effort to get this stop the Rona spreading and having already ruined some of the squad's Christmas. Fills. Yeah. Um, well, there you go. Um, commercial manager does the testing, apparently, across to Kevin Ball. Yeah. Um, it was a cunning plan between Klopp and Obama, says Neverman is here. Yeah, could be. Um, I don't know what all the fuss is about. Um, it's well known these tests throw false positive more than you would think, said Steve Lyons. Steve, Liverpool, listen, false positives or proper positives or negatives or whatever it is, Liverpool followed a protocol. They got negatives, then they got told they were positive. So you had to wait then for another round of tests to be done. Liverpool apparently didn't, the way it's being worded is Liverpool asked for another load of tests and didn't wait for them results to go back. Wait, didn't have them results before looking for a postponement. What happened was Liverpool got negatives, then got told positives, and on them numbers went to the EFL and said, look, these are the numbers we're getting back. These are the numbers we're getting back. We may need to postpone here. The EFL took it, and then Liverpool went and asked for another round of tests, PCR, to wait for the results. The EFL had no choice but to call off the game, right? Not on Liverpool's say-so, because Liverpool had done negatives. On a lab's say so to say these yes these are actually positives. Now they come back as false in the end, but Liverpool and the EFL know that once it gets to that stage, none of Liverpool's doing. By the way, the game can't go ahead because of preparation time. It's as simple as that. Like there's no way you can put it any other way. And for it to be released on the day of the game like this is is madness, absolute madness. But when you read down into it, it turns out Liverpool followed every protocol, and the fact that it's worded. Oh, they asked for another series of tests and <clears throat> um, after getting these negatives. They asked for a, se- a series of tests after getting negatives because we're told by a lot they were positive. So wh- where do you want to go with this? You know, um, it, it's it's very, very strange. Um, it's just, it's just, um, it's just hyperbole again on the day of a game. Arsenal fans are losing the, the mind now it's a great distraction from what's happened in the north run the derby at the weekend which again as i say just gets ah okay the game is off might have a little bit of a rant about arsenal then it's forgotten about but once you put liverpool down it's like oh liverpool the devil's club as some like to call us um are doing this it's it's absolutely um it's it's ridiculous. Uh, these fans do realise that if Liverpool did something wrong, then Arsenal will be going at us, yet nothing is coming from them. So clearly nothing was dodgy, says O'Neill. Red MV says, all right, Gav, the result of the third false positive tests were confirmed after the scheduled fixture. Simples. The, the way I see it, and Daniel Dawson said it's all bullshit, um, the way I see it is Liverpool had to follow a protocol. If Liverpool didn't follow a protocol, the EFL the FA, the Premier League and Arsenal Football Club are part of this conspiracy. That's it. That's it. Um, so look, it's one of those, leave it there, I'd ignore it um, from here on in because it's just trying to stoke up stuff so people will click on it and read it and it's it's complete another horseshit to be perfectly honest with you. And, um, you know, it, 
I don't know how low they're going to go. I really fucking don't at this stage. But Liverpool, if I was to give them any advice from now on, would be to stay quiet, say nothing. Um, don't be transparent and just do what you like. And if you can gain advantage at this stage, go and do it because that's what everyone else is doing. Um, transparency is not helping you whatsoever. No matter how um, good it makes Liverpool Football Club feel or how right it is, because it is right what they're doing, um, it absolutely does nothing for you. Okay, and that's been proven since this all started um, early mid-December. Okay, um, the fact that it's a big deal is just ridiculous, says Carl Holy. It is. It is ridiculous. It is. And the funny thing is, no information, lack of information, and very ropey reasons for games being called off seem to be okay. But Liverpool Football Club being open, transparent about A, COVID cases we had and named them, to B, you know, following a protocol around the game. Um, like, it's it's absolutely scandalous. It really is. Anyway, let's move on. Um Reese Williams has been confirmed as being uh, it's confirmed by Swansea that he's being recalled to um to Liverpool from his loan deal at Swansea. Again, that pushes the whole idea that now Phillips will leave and Reese Williams will come back in as a fifth choice centre half for the rest of the season, which is absolutely cool. Um that looks like it's going to happen. Okay. Um Spores are close to Adama Traore, according to reports, which is interesting. Um personal it uh, Personal terms don't seem to be a problem. Um, Wolves seem a bit like they don't want it to happen. And Spurs originally, I think, wanted a loan and then a boy, but Wolves aren't interested in any way in that. So we'll have to wait and see what goes. Uh, Courtney House, uh, the Villa defender, has signed a new five-year deal. There was meant to be some interest to um, interest in him in, in January, but he's signed a new deal and he's uh, till 2026, so for a five-year deal. Um, Dembele looks done at Barca um, that's following on from yesterday it absolutely looks like he's done at Barca and they will look to offload him in January so they have about 10 days to do it I think 10-11 um, days so it looks like Usman Dembele's time at Arsenal will come to uh, an end Jamie says um, Adam is deadly on my FIFA team <laughs> yeah yeah um, Adam is such a strange player. He's he's a scary player when you see him in on full tilt. But his end product is just it's just mentally. I think he's being bought to be a right right sided um, wing back at Spurs. Um, so we'd have to wait and see. But it looks like Spurs are the ones pushing. Um, Garmax says, "Did you see Dembele asked for seven hundred grand a week to stay at Barca? That number has been towed around. The biggest thing for me with Dembele is his attitude and his injury record." Um, Talent-wise, he's, he's brilliant. But off both feet, brilliant. But I just don't know who's going to go for him. Um, it'll be someone... Someone will take a gamble on him, but nowhere near 700 grand a week. Not a fucking chance. You might see someone trying to loan him with an, um, an option to buy somewhere along there. Um, so that's the Dembele thing. Uh, just a little bit more on Barcelona. Gavi looks like he's signed an extension or will sign an extension at Barcelona. He was mentioned that, do you remember we were talking about him a couple of weeks ago, where he had a thirty-four million pound bio. But of course we knew we, we kind of said on this show that look, he's gonna sign an extension. This is just that sort of news being thrown out as something to make Barca get their arse in gear and, and sign him up. So it looks like um it looks like that will happen. Um one billion euros bio. One billion uh, Euros bio. Uh, Robbie Richmond says currently Dembele on 350 grand a week. Who's got that? United, PSG, Chelsea, even City aren't that daft. Mad as a balloon, that fella. Um, 
yeah, he's mad as a balloon, but his injury record isn't great either. Hasn't scored this yet this season yet, Gav says Garmack. Yeah, I think still think he's a he's a very good player though. He's a very, very good player. Um it's just it's one of those where it's a big risk. Unless you get him on a six month loan and you can try to look at the situation, which I think some clubs might do. Um takes pay him X amount of takes takes more money out of Barca and then look at the end of the season. But I'd say it will be an, an option to buy rather than an obligation because you're not going to sign up to that. Unless someone is mad enough to, to make a deal happen now on a permanent basis, but I'm not too sure. Um, what else have we got? Just a few bits on Liverpool. Um, apparently, Chief Scout Barry Hunter has been watching Fabio Carvalho of Fulham. Um, he's been watching him quite a bit at Fulham and Liverpool are keeping tracks on him. Uh, very highly rated. I think he was with Fulham in the Premier League and very highly rated. Fulham are flying in the, in the championship. Like Mitrovic has about 28 goals and he has about 20 games left to be a record held by, I want to say, Ivan Tony at 31. Um, so he has about 20 games left to um, get three more, four more goals, which is absolutely insane. But going forward, Fulham have been unbelievable this season. If you look at some, I've seen a few of their games and, and highlights and stuff like that, and they are just brilliant. Harry Wilson being a huge part of it as well, by the way. So, um, Fabio Cavallo, apparently, um, Barry Hunter's been watching him on behalf of Liverpool, but we'll have to see what comes of that. You know, we're getting names like this all the time, like um, Rafinha the other day was supposedly in talks with Liverpool, and you're getting the Lewis Diaz stuff, you're getting the Danjuma stuff, you're getting the Nkunku stuff. It's all, you can see the trend, can't you? Where it's all those kind of um, wide attacking players. So we'll have to wait on that. Another one that's come up, and um, it's from Leon, um, multiple clubs apparently watching Ryan Sherkey at Leon. He's a, he's a, literally a sensation at Leon. I think he made his, might have made his debut at 15 or 16 at Leon. Um, a really, really good player, a really a big, big prospect. And he might need, need to leave Leon to, to, show his actual promise. A bit like um, Hossam Awar, who's still at Leon, and people, I, I just, every transfer window I go, has no one took Hossam Awar yet. And sometimes stars can fade on players, and it may be the case with uh, Hossam Awar, but with Ryan Cherokee, um, it looks like um, a lot of players, are, or a lot of teams are circling there. Multiple clubs, Liverpool included, are meant to be watching. Um, LFC Aaron says, with a super chat, he says, gullible Arsenal fans drive clickbait articles. Yeah, but the article is still there, still written, and um, the way it was reported this morning um, made it look like Liverpool had done something wrong, and looking, f- um, and it's it's simply not that, it's simply not that. So we'll have to we'll have to leave it that for the moment. Um, Sean is a massive fan of um, Ryan Cherokee, by the way, uh, or Ryan Cherokee, as I think it's it's pronounced. Um, Dynamo Kev said, is that Fergal Shaky's brother got fuck up? <laughs> it's his nephew. Um, it's his nephew. Um, Callum from Coppish wants Cherky Gav. Yeah, Callum could be a big fan. I know Shawnee is. Shawnee, um, oh, going back ages ago, we were talking about um, massive prospects and one he'd love to see. And, and he was, Shawnee was definitely on that train with Ryan Cherky. So there you go. Um, someone's come out here to say that unvaccinated players belonging to Chelsea and Real Madrid could have issues. Um, in playing in their away legs of the Champions League because they've been drawn against French sides. And a rule change in France looks like it could stop any unvaccinated players from Chelsea or Real Madrid um, going to play there. Now, I'm not up to speed on how many players at Real Madrid or Chelsea are fully vaccinated, but 
Um, if that story is to be believed, it could be interesting when it comes around to the second legs of the Champions League, which I think are due around, I want to say the third week in February. Um, so that's an interesting one because France have uh, recently changed their rules around vaccinations and c- even going through France to get to another country and stuff like that. There's, there's all sorts of rules. Um, there's all sorts of rules that um, they have brought in. But Chelsea, of course, drama Lille, Real Madrid got PSG, didn't they? Um, so it's it's one of those where we'll have to watch and see if that develops. But um, <laughs> what I don't know, Chelsea and Real Madrid could have all the players vaccinated, and this is just a story running there. And let's, let's see if we can out how many people aren't vaccinated. But them, I couldn't tell you how many of those players are vaccinated or not vaccinated. So it's one of those. Um, they announced this for the tennis tournament and um, with the French Open, says Barry Devaney. So there you go. And of course, that's off the back of um, Noga Djokovic, isn't it? And the problem at the Australian Open, and I think isn't the French one the next one up? So. Um, yeah, they're getting their ducks in a row for so to be no messing around France when it comes to that. Um, I'm not saying they're just doing it for the tennis tournament, but um, rules in France have been set, and the French once they set a rule, they're fairly good at keeping them. So we'll have to wait and see. Um, a lot of people mentioning the loan stuff that's come out today. Yeah, I'm going to talk about that in a couple of minutes as well. But we'll have to wait and see on that unvaccinated thing. As I said, Chelsea and Real Madrid could have all the players vaccinated, and. Just, it's it's a nothing story, but it has been reported there today. Um, just one more piece on spores. Um, they're pushing for Frank Kessie. Um, apparently his, his plan was to run down his contract to the end of the season with AC Milan. Apparently he has multiple offers on the table to join clubs in the summer, but spores are pushing for him now. I've seen him being highly rated, and then I've watched him against Liverpool, and especially at the San Siro, I thought he was awful. Um, absolutely awful. Um and it may have been just one of those games where he was terrible, but I'm not too sure. I'm not too sure. Maybe it's just one of those free transfers and people always light up. Let me know what you think of Frank Kessie. I'm not the biggest fan of him. He has been linked with Liverpool in the past, but apparently multiple clubs, multiple offers on the table, but Spurs are trying to get ahead of the queue there. Maybe throw a few quid at AC Milan. Um, AC Milan get a transfer fee and Frank Kessie goes now, but they'll have to weigh her up against what they want because they're in a they're in a title race in, in, in Italy and they, they probably want to keep him. So it's one of those. Kieran B says he was poor versus us. Yeah, um, he, he was. Laura Duffy says, um, I think Real Madrid have a, a one unvaxxed player this come up during the Spanish Super Cup game. So there you go. One player they'll miss and I'm not sure what the story is on Chelsea to be perfectly honest so it's one of those um let me see let me see what have I got oh yeah so these rule changes um with regards to loans now a lot of people seeing this when it come up and they were like oh that's Chelsea fucked because they have 40 players out on loan wherever it'll be the rule is now um or the rule coming into place will be you can only have six players in and six players out as a loan um, and I'm not too sure when this comes into place, but it, it, it piqued the interest of a lot of people when they think of Chelsea, because Chelsea have a brilliant model. Like, you can say what you want about them. They have a brilliant model where they bring in players, they develop them a certain amount, they send them out on loan, they see how they get on. If they're good on loan, they might get back and play with Chelsea. It doesn't really happen an awful lot. But if they're not, they've been out playing in really good standards in Europe, and teams want them, and Chelsea go, borderline, would he make it? Probably won't. He could, but he won't. We're not too sure. And then they stick 20 million on his head and people pay. Absolutely pay. So there you go. So it's one of those under 21 players and um, players that are considered homegrown 
are exempt from this. Okay, the homegrown rules are all over the place. You know, if you live in a country for a couple of years, you can qualify and um, all sorts of stuff. So um, it's an interesting one. Again, it's another story you'll have to watch as it develops because, you know, if you're under 21s aren't affected, you know, that's where Chelsea's Chelsea sending a lot of players out that are under 21 and then they're making the decision on them. And someone, you see what's happening with Chelsea is someone's looking and seeing can they find another Salah out with Chelsea that they just overlook and it could be the business, another De Bruyne, you know, and they're very hard to find, but clubs are willing to invest. And if Chelsea have put them into a decent league to play football, and I'm using Chelsea as an example, loads of clubs do it, but if they put them into a decent league, a decent league, it could be could be France, Holland, Spain, Germany, wherever it might be, and they do quite well, clubs in that country go, do you know what, he'd be really good with us. And then they ask the question of Chelsea, and if Chelsea are in any way in doubt, they know 20 million quid, they probably they probably invested five in them, if even that. Um, and they're making their money. That's how they turn it over. So it's it's a very good model Chelsea have. It could be scuppered a little bit by this. But if they keep 18, 19, 20-year-olds going out on loan for a season or two, they're, they're going to stay within that um, quota. And they're still going to be able to do what they do because a huge amount of what Chelsea do is based on this. It absolutely is. I know they, not, they owe Abramovich about 1.3 billion. I hope for God for their sake, they never, um, he never turns around and heads off into the sunset because he could be in serious bother. Um, Jamie Home and others, Ali has asked, and others in the chat have asked, Salah's agent. Um, so Salah's agent, um, Rami Abbas. And I was only talking to Sean about this the other night, and Sean was saying he's being very quiet, hasn't he? His agent's being very quiet. And we're kind of discussing, do we think he'll sign? Do we don't? If he doesn't, do we sell him in the summer? We think he runs down his contract. We're having a little chat about it. We're playing the Xbox, to be perfectly honest with you. And um, I was on Warzone. Sean, he was on FIFA. And we were chatting away while we were playing. And literally two nights ago, Sean, he said, this guy's been very quiet. So Rami Abbas has put out a, just put out a tweet of a picture of Mo Salah sitting at a table. It's from a couple of years ago, um, from what I can make out, just judging by the top he has on him, I think. And Salah is laughing away in this picture, kind of looks like he's tapping his hand on the table as if something really funny has happened. Um, now, you can read it wherever you want. It's, you can read it as, he looks really happy, is the deal signed, because this guy is quite cryptic um, when he does. Um, there, Barry definitely confirms that Salah's wearing New Balance gear. It's a very old pick. Yeah, I'd say it's about three years ago. But um, Kevin Ball reckons his agent is a knob, but... You can read it either way. He's put it up there. It's quite cryptic. And he's done this before. And you can kind of read it as, oh, he looks really happy. The deal must be done. Or he's laughing at the deal that's being offered to him. So um, we don't know on the Salah stuff. And we've kind of put a pin in the Salah stuff. The Latin Concrete comes up. And I don't think his agent um, putting in a cryptic tweet or a picture of Mo Salah um, qualifies as concrete or solid we're not going to hear anything on this until Salah comes back from the African nations and I still hold the opinion that when he comes back I think you might see something happen if it goes beyond a couple of weeks of him being back I start to worry I genuinely do uh, look it's one of those um, Garmax says his agent is trying to wind us up on a match day and all laughing at FSG says Glenn Parsons is he laughing at the latest offers of Emma Cavanagh um, you see there you go it depends what way you're reading Um Martin says, with the ambition this club is showing, I wouldn't be surprised if Salah's left. If Salah left, to be fair, um, 
like I said, the ambition of the club you're going to see in the next seven, eight months. Um, because I don't think anyone out there denies that Liverpool could do a freshening up. And once it's done in the right way, it doesn't have to be 300 million quid. Once it's done the right way, um, it's absolutely fine. But it's a big it's a big seven or eight months. It's a big seven or eight months. Uh, Kieran B says, cryptic is right. Could be anything. He knows what he's at. He does. So leave him to it. I think that's most of the news for today. Um, 25 minutes in, which is good. Just leave me a couple of minutes to explain. Fail account to you. And... You're going to see this logo on all our shows. Um, in all our show descriptions, you're going to see a link to their website to give you information about this charity, which is an outstanding charity. Okay, I'm going to just say that. It's an outstanding charity. If you don't want to read the information on it, take it from me. It's an outstanding charity. Um, we're going to push these really hard between now and June. And what we're doing is, we in our show description, you will get their website and you will get a link to a donation page. You can read the information and you can donate towards a €10,000 target. On our website, on the very front page, you will get the exact same thing, lfcdt.com, and you will get um, the Failicon information. And right beside it is a donation page or link where you click on it, brings you into the page. It takes you about a minute to do the whole thing, and that's all good. And basically, these are a charity that help bereaved parents who have lost children during pregnancy or shortly after. Um, 10,000 euros will be massive to them massive to them you read the information you'll understand why so what we're looking to do is raise 10,000 euros the end of the whole campaign will be a golf day which we're running completely sold out for players which is brilliant um, selling out very fast with sponsorship for the day i.e. tee boxes longest drive and nearest to the pin that's selling out quick so what we're looking for people to do is donate if you can and if you can pull up a prize a spot prize it could be you know, if you're not living in Dublin, it could be a Amazon voucher, it could be a one for all voucher, it could be an, anything like that that we can kind of get electronically off you. If you're living in Dublin and you want to give us drink or um, whatever it might be, we'll absolutely work out getting that collected off you or deliver. Um, you can get it delivered to us and we'll pay the postage, whatever it might be. Any help you can give us is absolutely um, huge and really appreciated. So the whole idea is to raise as much as we can between now and the golf day, raise an awful lot on the day of the golf from um, players paying to play, um, sponsors sponsoring different parts of the day, and then the raffle from the spot prizes that we uh, accumulate throughout the next six months and having a big, huge raffle and people paying a lot of money to, for tickets and all that money going to fail a con. So 10 grand is... Um, 10 grand is our target and I think you know at the end of it we'll get it done and let's be honest it's going to be us and it's going to be everyone in this chat that gets it done because that you're the ones that are going to hear about it most and if you please please share the information share the donate page everyone's in whatsapp groups everyone's in family whatsapp group friends football just random whatsapp groups where you have a laugh send it in there and go look lads like I was talking to a fella today and he has there's about 70 of them in a WhatsApp group and I said listen they all put in 2 euro it's 140 50 quid it's, that's a huge donation so if you if you've any way to donate absolutely do it if you've any way to sponsor the golf day email us um, all the information's on our Twitter and if you've any way to give us a spot prize contact us via email or 
if you have my number or whatever it might be and we'll, we'll organise getting them prizes off you it's um, is the golf day being live streams is Dynamo Kev we have got a couple of people that will be going around logged into our Twitter account logged into our Instagram account and our Facebook page and we'll go live at different different times at that we're going to try to take as many photos and short clips as we can and then of course Muggins here will take all that and try to edit it into a video of the day and send it out as a video all right um that has been it don't forget hit the like button share subscribe and 40 plus shows per month free on youtube and across all your podcast platforms every like every share every subscription helps us to get seen more and help this charity more and if you're listening on a podcast if you um hit the review button give us a five star review it gives us a massive help because the biggest thing is getting this money for this charity now. That's our that's our biggest thing at the moment. Every time a charity comes up, everything goes by the way. So it's all about helping these people. All right, that has been it. Um, enjoy the rest of your day. That's been the cop update. Talk to you in a bit. Over and out. Sports Social Podcast Network.